0: Good morning, friends. Good morning and welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. It's good to see all of you. Uh, And for those of you who we can't see, we know that you're out there joining us online today or after the fact. Welcome to you as well. Glad that you could be with us today. Welcome to those of you who are visiting. Welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or whom we haven't seen in a while. It's good to be together. When we worship, we do so using a printed liturgy. And the things that we sing and say together will be on the screens here in the room or visible for you at the picture within picture at home. Welcome, it's good to be with you. As we get started today, there are a couple announcements that I wanna highlight for you about our life as a congregation. There's a few things coming up in the near future I wanted you to know about because I think it's important to know what's available and what we're up to as a congregation. So one of those is that uh, you've been hearing about it for a while But it's almost time for Vacation Bible School. We're trying to reboot this after two years, and it's just a little over a week away. And there's still time to sign up and to register kiddos, but just barely. So the deadline is tomorrow. Um, And it would help Kate to really know in advance who all is coming so that she can make sure that we have enough supplies. So please, if you have not had a chance to register your own kids uh, please do so by tomorrow. The registration forms uh, you passed on the way in. They're out in the fellowship hall. But also, this is open to anyone in our community as well. So please do take some registration forms and pass them out as well uh, because we want to be able to share this opportunity with our whole community. So, uh, but you got to get in by tomorrow, so please do that. Uh, the other thing is that uh, just, just a little, uh, under a week next Saturday... Uh, North Bridge is having a birthday party. We're turning 250 years old, and we're celebrating with a parade. And uh, we actually have a spot to walk in that parade. So that's next Saturday, uh, the 16th. And uh, we would love for you to join us in that. Our gems and our cadets and some of our youth will be there. Please come. We have free T-shirts to give you, um, and we'll be passing out water. We hope it, it should be a great opportunity. The Parade starts at 10 a.m. There's a uh, rally point at 9 a.m. Jack, do you happen to know? I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know the rally point? That would be up field, the elementary school. Okay, so up by the, the new Northbridge Elementary School uh, is where the rally point is. That's at 9 a.m.? Uh, just find the people with the blue Pleasant Street shirts and, and you'll be in the right place. And you get one of those too. So that's next Saturday. Please join us for that. The the other thing, it's not too soon to mention this, but uh, we're going to have a church picnic on August 14th. So please do put that on your calendar and we hope you'll be able to join us at Fairwoods for that. Uh, finally, so those are things coming up, but there's a couple things about today that I'm excited about that I wanted to share with you. One is that today uh, we've been trying to remember how to pass the offering baskets So we'll be doing that again today, and we have two offerings. So you get two chances to remember how to do that. Isn't that great? The first offering will be for the general fund, the work of our congregation. The second offering will be for the Northbridge Association of Churches. Um, So that's coming up, just so you know. The other thing is uh, today we get to welcome some new members, Hal and Judy Blau. Uh, who've been visiting and attending with us for a while are officially uh, signing on the dotted line, you you could say, and they're becoming members today. We'll do that a little bit later. Welcome to both of you. We're excited about uh, our partnership in the gospel together. Finally, uh, after church today, 15 minutes after worship, please join us right downstairs for a sermon discussion, a chance for us to talk more about the things that we're learning in the scriptures together. Okay, you made it through. There you go, friends. Would you rise in body or in spirit?
1: Let's worship together. Well, good, morning. good morning, friends. The Lord be with you. And also be Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the, the Almighty. Blessed and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? all nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. The light of the world You step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see The beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow, Together wonderful to me Heavenly Father, in the beginning you made all things good and there was peace. From peace that is not peace, from the grip of all that is evil, from a violent righteousness, from unbridled desire and stunted hopes, from pride that says we know what to do. Deliver us, Lord, from that which disorders our world.
2: From moodiness that makes us difficult to live with, from selfishness that makes, us, makes life harder for others.
1: Deliver, Deliver us, Lord, from that which disorders our home. From fear that there is not enough and the need to control our surroundings. Deliver us, Lord, from that which disorders us. Forgive us, Prince of Peace. Heal this world and our homes. Grant us peace. Please continue in silent confession. you may be seated. And hear and speak this good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We're now going to take our first offering for the ministries of Pleasant Street. And our second offering today will be for the NAC food pantry. with you. Take a moment to just pass the peace to your neighbors.
0: I would tell you to have a seat, but apparently you know the drill. (laughs) The default position of the world is hostility. The default position of the world that we live in is brokenness and not shalom. And when we come into church, we acknowledge this together, the reality of sin and all its consequences in the world and also in our lives. And in the presence of God, we are reminded of God's astounding decision of what to do about it, which was to give his son into a violent world. And the result of that, my friends, is peace, which you just passed to each other. The gospel has its reality in a handshake and in a new community, which is why it is absolutely fitting that the very next thing that we should do is welcome new members to the family. And so I want to invite two of our new friends, uh, brother and sister, Hal and Judy, to come up because we would like to welcome you together as a church. It is no small thing to stand in front of a group of people. And so both of you are brave for doing so. I had asked Hal and Judy, because some of it, they've been with us for a while, but after COVID, everything is strange and we're all remembering how to get to know each other. And so I asked them if we could do a little bit of an interview just for a moment for us to get to know them, even as they're getting to know us. And for some reason they trusted me and said, yes. So thank you guys. So, um, Hal, Judy, welcome. This is a beautiful day for us and for you. Uh, just to get started, we talked about this a little bit. I, you both have lived in uh, the Blackstone Valley for a long time, but can you tell us, where'd you grow up?
2: I grew up in Massapequa, Long Island. There you go. Oh, Massapequa, Long Island. Yep. Massapequa
0: Oh, yeah. So, so you, go, you go back together to New York, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's high school. High school sweethearts, right? Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, uh, no, I, w- I won't go into that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> this is recorded, right? Um, uh, I, so you guys have been part of church for a long time, but can you tell us a little bit, what was church like for you guys growing up? Were you part of church communities, or? I've always grown up in church. Um, yeah. I went to a church, a I was in church, very involved with it. It was a church family, you know, my whole life. Yeah. So, so faith in Christian communities, it's been part of your story almost from the beginning, it sounds like. Yeah, wow. Yep.
2: I was saved when I was 16. That's mm-hmm. when I met Judy. And uh, I started attending her church, and it meant a lot to me it was a place that I got to know the bullet better, more like that, understand the scripture, and very good fellowship. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very instrumental in my job. Yeah. Hope.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. So Judy, Judy's played important roles in your life in yes. in more than just a few ways. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, less less serious, uh, have you guys read anything interesting recently? I,
3: I like prophecy, so I read, I read a lot of um, Jeremiah's books.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay. I
3: just finished what's still coming next.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
2: yep. I'm um, following well, pretty much the same line I, my most current book that has been a very large impact on me as reading the, uh, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven by Dr. Jeremiah
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, he's uh,
2: great understanding. <coughs> right. He's a wonderful teacher a yeah. Right,
0: yeah That's great, thank you um, uh, Macintosh or PC? <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a quick answer yeah. Both, Both? <laughs> yeah I thought <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. Yeah. That's a good diplomatic answer right there. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, you guys have lived in this area for a long time. What has become one of your favorite spots in the Blackstone Valley that you've discovered? The what? Blackstone Mall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, just the whole area. Uh-huh. You know, the, every, it's beautiful here. It is. Yeah.
2: This was the hardest question for me. <laughs> I never realized Blackstone Valley was so large, even though we lived it yeah. for about fifty years. Yeah. You know, and I, I couldn't name one place that was out, very outstanding, which we've had a lot of places we'd like to do. Yeah. You know, in the between Providence and Worcester. So.
3: Mm.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's wonderful. I'm finding the same just being here for a little under two years. So maybe you can give me some pointers. But yeah. So let's let's welcome them. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Ready? Okay. Hal and Judy, at your baptisms, you were marked as members of Christ's church, and it is our joy today to welcome the two of you as members of this congregation. We believe that the Holy Spirit has led you to this congregation at this time for your good and for ours. We sense God's gifts in you. And we welcome you in the sharing of your gifts for our encouragement. And we promise to share our gifts with you for your encouragement. And we hope that in this giving and receiving, God's church will be built up and it will grow. We invite you now to affirm your faith in Christ and express your commitment to the life of this congregation at Pleasant Street and to the mission that God has given all of us to share in together. So I have a couple questions for you. Uh, Judy how? Do you affirm once again that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that the Bible is God's word revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the teachings of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? What's your answer? Judy, how? In the power of the Holy Spirit, do you promise to join with us By sharing your gifts in our worship and fellowship and in the mission that God has given us to the world. What's your answer? Praise God. Congregation, would you rise? I have one for you. Congregation, do you promise to receive Judy and Hal in love as your sister and brother in Christ, to support them with your fellowship and prayers, and recognizing their gifts, invite them into the life and mission of our congregation? What is your answer? We do. Well, then I have a blessing. Judy and Hal, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the responsibilities and the joys and the sorrows of this congregation. Thanks be to God. Friends, I have a charge for all of us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And my friends, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Let's clap. It's time for my friends to come on up, ages 4 through 2nd grade.
1: If you want to come to Kid Street, come on up. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Hello. Come on up, it's good to see you.
1: (laughs) People of God, what is our prayer? Lord, continue to show us your wonderful,
0: never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: Go in peace to love and serve Jesus.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: Good morning. My name, how are we doing today? Uh, My name is Chuck McGrath, most of you know. I am one of the elders here at Pleasant Street and it's uh, my honor to lead us this morning in congregational prayer. Uh, God calls us to be a praying people Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and sublimation, with thanksgiving, let us request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Let us join in prayer, offering our praise, thanksgivings, and intercessions to God. Heavenly Father, we gather here this morning to worship you. Gracious God, ever-present, you lead us faithfully. You promise always to be with us. You send your Holy Spirit to join us to Christ. You govern this world in power and in love. You alone can bring healing. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to your sight. O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, today we think of the world around us. We thank you for the summertime, the warm days, the smell of flowers and salt air, blue skies and a time of rest, the beauty of the world around us. We ask that you soften the hearts of those who wish to make war in the world. We pray for our government and our world leaders For those who serve in the military, show them your way of peace and justice, Lord. Be with the people of Ukraine. Thank you for Oscar Kay as he celebrates his 92nd birthday yesterday. We pray for thoughts for those that are traveling this week, may they be blessed. We think of the people who are hungry, especially now as prices of food and fuel are high. Be with those that work in social services, housing, and our local government. We pray for your church throughout the world. Those that, persecute, that are persecuted for spreading your word. Please, please be with our missionaries and missionary services. Use them to bring your light into the world. We thank you for our volunteers, our teachers, our musicians, and the staff here at Pleasant Street, and others that serve. Thank you for their faithful service. Please bless our elders and deacons as they serve. We thank you for Matthew and his family. We pray for our youth and our youth leaders. We pray for those with special needs, for those who could not be with us today. We think of Audrey Baker and her surgery tomorrow. We thank you and welcome Helen Judy to our our church. We pray for the town of Northbridge as it celebrates its 250th anniversary. We pray for those who suffer with physical illnesses and those that care for them. We pray for John and Heidi and Brian and Pat for those who are elderly and infirmed, for those who care for them, for those that suffer from addictions and who support them, for those who mourn deaths of loved ones and those who minister to them, we think of Julie's family as they lay their father to rest. Those who are lonely and those who support them, those with needs that cannot be spoken, for those that face temptation for those who are in divorces and separations and those who care for elderly parents. We ask a blessing on the sermon this morning. Open our ears that we may hear and be blessed by your word. Lord, we thank you for the many mercies and blessings that you have given us. For your love and goodness, we give you thanks, O God. Lord, hear
3: our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. <clears throat> Again, we have a variety of passages from the Psalms. So let's hear this wisdom from the uh, Proverbs. Uh, did I say Psalms from Proverbs? Proverbs twelve sixteen, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Proverbs 14, 29, 30. whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick tempered displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body but envy rots the bones. Proverbs 16.14 A king's wrath is a messenger of death, but the wise will appease it. Proverbs 16.32 Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Proverbs 29.11 Fools give vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs thirty seven through 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And Proverbs 15, 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This is the word of the Lord. We've
0: been looking at the book of Proverbs together this summer, and we continue that today. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, we count ourselves among a people and a society whose lives have come apart, and we do not like that. We count ourselves among a people in a society who are looking for the wisdom and the resources to be able to put things back again, to put them back together in a better way. We are looking wisdom. Lord Jesus, when you walked among us, you sat on a mountain and you taught. You taught us about life with God. You taught us about the reality of your coming kingdom. You taught us about wisdom and the good life. We count ourselves among your students this morning. We are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking. Please open the door. Amen. On June 4th, Marvin Heemeyer turned the ignition on his homemade tank and drove it through a rampage in Granby, Colorado. For six months previous to that day, Hemeyer had been secretly putting his construction and welding skills to work on his yellow Komatsu, Komatsu bulldozer. Six months later, when it was finished, it had become a 13-foot tall, 61-ton tank. Above its caterpillar treads sat the angled panels of one-foot thick concrete sandwiched between half-inch plates of steel, Do it yourself composite armor. Inside, Hemeyer had armed it with automatic weapons, a gas mask, video monitors for navigation, and an air conditioner. When it was ready, Hemeyer sealed himself inside, knowing that it was a one way trip. The armored bulldozer roared to life and tore a seven million dollar path of destruction through Granby, Colorado. He demolished a bank and a cement plant with the dozer's front blade. He plowed into the town hall and the library and the local newspaper office and the police station. The dozer's caterpillar treads bit their way through downtown asphalt, crushing cars in its way demolishing the former mayor's home. No one could stop him. Other construction vehicles tried to block the tank, but it was too strong. Police small arms fire and explosives just bounced off the layered armor. In the end, the only thing that could stop the tank was itself. The bulldozer overheated and broke down. Why all this trouble? Because he was angry. Marvin was angry about a long-standing zoning dispute with the city. There had been some city decisions by the local government that affected his muffler business Perceiving himself wronged, he nursed the grievance until it grew into resentment, which settled into rage and eventually hardened into revenge. In a way, the armored bulldozer is a metaphor for what happened in Hemira's heart. Determined not to let go, he locked himself inside his armored heart and set himself on a course for destruction that consumed everything in its path, including him. That was many years ago. It would seem that in some ways, he story is playing on repeat. The world has become an angry place full of grievances and powerful tools for getting even. My friends, it's not always the horsepower of a bulldozer. Sometimes it's the power of an automatic rifle. Sometimes it's the power of social media. It could even be the power to make a law. Our world has become an angry place full of very powerful tools. And the sage in Proverbs 16, 14 would have us take this seriously. A king's wrath is a messenger of death. Which means, among other things, beware the anger of someone with the power or the tools to get even. The sages suggest to us to beware the wrath of the one who has access to tools or laws to take justice into their own hands. Anger is a powerful emotion. And one that I think we are all currently struggling to understand. On the one hand, we spend a lot of energy trying to suppress Anger. Culturally, we tell each other that you shouldn't be angry. Recently, I stumbled across advice that was given to public school elementary children about dealing with bullies. There were nine points of advice. All of them were about ignoring the bully. Laugh at yourself. Make light of it. Don't let it bother you. At the same time, Many of the movies, the cultural stories that we tell ourselves about life right now, many of those movies are about people who take an experience of injustice into their own hands and seek revenge. Culturally speaking, we are struggling to understand anger. We are failing either to honor the legitimacy of it or we are not respecting its danger. Anger is a powerful emotion, and one it turns out that Christian scholars have been paying attention to for centuries because, among other things, anger relates to justice. We wouldn't feel anger if a sense of justice weren't part of being human. Philosopher Rebecca Konendijk de Young once wrote that we get angry because it matters and because we care. In a world full of injustice, she writes, it is hard to imagine a right response that doesn't include anger. When our personal sense of justice is offended, when our social sense of justice is offended, when we are wronged or those we love are, we're talking about anger. Anger is a powerful emotion, but its danger lies in the fact that it is blind and forceful and indiscriminate. Thomas Aquinas once said that anger can be a very useful servant, but it never stops to listen to its master. What the sages show us in Proverbs is that mostly in life, what we see is not righteous anger, but wrath. While righteous anger is like a flame that lights the work of justice, wrath is, well, it's napalm. It consumes everything that it sticks to, and it sticks to everything. Wrath is not intense anger. It is, the sages tell us, distorted anger. Wrath distorts the world and it bends justice toward me. It turns everyone into an oppressive dictator and and me into the righteous warrior of truth. Wrath, wrath is how just cause becomes just because. Wrath is the subtle voice that says in small ways, go ahead, they deserve it. Wrath is what Proverbs would call foolish anger. Fools show their annoyance at once, the sages write, but the prudent overlook an insult. Proverbs talks a great deal about anger, which makes sense in a book about wisdom, because such a powerful human emotion requires tremendous wisdom to handle well. The sages suggest to us that anger is far from something to indulge. Rather, Proverbs notes that that often we get angry too quickly in life. We tend to say, go ahead. They deserve it now. Friends, this this is the heavy sigh when your partner forgets to take out the garbage. It's the exasperated look when the conversation has been forgotten again. This is the wrath of irritability. We respond to the slightest provocation with bickering or rudeness or complaint or annoyance, cutting remarks, profanity. Go ahead, they deserve it now. But the sages tell us we get angry too quickly. They also tell us that wrath happens when we get too angry. Fools give full vent to their rage, the sages write, but the wise can bring calm in the end. This is the wrath of flying off the handle. It's the explosion complete with yelling and door slamming, fists pounded on the dinner table and a bowl of broccoli thrown across the room. It's the release after having stored up little grievances like gunpowder, keeping them all dry and safe and hidden until just the right time. Boom. Wrath destroys everyone and everything in its path, even the justice that it may have originally wanted. Fools give full vent to their rage. We are tempted to get too angry. The sages show us that we are also tempted sometimes to get angry for too long. Whoever is patient has great understanding, the sages write, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Psychologist Dan Allender once told of a patient named Quentin. One day Quentin was washing carrots in the sink before he peeled them. His sister-in-law happened to be visiting As Sarah came into the kitchen, he heard her voice go up an octave. Oh, what are you doing? She was coiled like a snake, ready for assault. Sarah did this often enough that the other adults in the kitchen at the time knew immediately to scatter. Quentin was trapped at the sink, holding carrots. Then she struck. Really now? What's wrong with you? Don't you know you don't have to wash carrots if you're going to peel them? Allender writes that Sarah's comments weren't explosive, but they did leave a rancid odor in the air that set the tone for the whole evening for everyone there which was really her point, to control the freedom of everyone else. When we hold our anger for too long, it ferments, and it turns into resentment. We become sullen and unforgiving and passive-aggressive. We find subtle ways to steal pleasure from others, being uncooperative or disdainful or derisive. This is the wrath of the pinprick, prick, prick. Prick for years and years, we plot revenge and we nurture fantasies. Go ahead, we say, they deserve it over and over again. Except that wrath, the sages tell us, ferments into something that rots our bones too. Frederick Beekner described described it like this. He said, To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll your tongue over the prospect of bitter confrontation still to come, to savor both the pain you are given and the pain that you are giving back. In many ways, it's a feast for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. You. A heart at peace gives life to the body, the sages tell us, but envy rots the bones. We get angry for too long until until we don't know how to be anything else but angry. And in all of these ways, what Proverbs is trying to show us is that any distortion of our anger winds up destroying us. Foolish anger, says Proverbs 27, it's heavier than a 50-pound bag of gravel. Foolish anger isn't just heavy, it's awkward. It consumes your thoughts, and if you carry it too long, it will hurt you. So de Young writes, the problem with human wrath in all its forms is not merely the damage that it does to others, but the heart problem beneath our anger's excess. And that heart problem, I think, is rooted in our deep fear that justice isn't going to happen. We fear that if we don't look out for ourselves, no one else is going to. We fear that if we don't give it to them to give them what they deserve, they'll never get what's coming. As long as we are at the center of the picture, our vision of justice will always be distorted, though. We assert control while losing control of ourselves. And if we cannot control our own anger, we cannot learn justice. The 12th century monk Bernard of Clairvaux wrote this. He said, Every man is his own attacker. Every man throws himself down. Indeed, you need not fear any attack from the outside if you can learn to keep your hands off yourself. Or to paraphrase Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. a couple centuries later, returning violence always multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. Wrath, the sages would have us see, is everywhere. What we want to know is how do we get out? The sages in Proverbs point us to the way out, and it's strange, I'll grant you that. It's the wisdom of self-control which leads to the way of gentleness. It is what our ancient Christian fathers and mothers called the virtue of temperance. A patient person, the sages write, is better than a warrior. One with self-control is better than someone who knows how to take a city down. Or as Ellen Davis, one of my favorite Bible scholars, translates it. She says, patience is better than being a hero. And the one who has self-control than the one who can take a city. (laughs) A warrior is useful because they know how to conquer a city, but a patient person, a patient person is even more useful because they have learned to conquer themselves. And we might wonder if the sages are also suggesting that it's easier to conquer a city by yourself than it is to learn self-control. Self control means that we can be patient when things go against us as they do in this world. And self control means that we will find the resources to be able to work tirelessly for justice in hopeless causes without needing to resort to violence. Gentleness comes from a deep awareness of God and his gifts. It is the deep awareness that we have limits and yet we receive all things from God's hands as dependent creatures. We receive gifts from the Lord who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We receive forgiveness from God who has declared that vengeance is mine. Gentleness, DeYoung writes, does not imply that we never get angry. Gentleness means that anger is not the mark of our character. Gentleness means that I don't have to hold the reins of the universe. In wrath, we ultimately want our own way in gentle self-mastery. We know how to pray, thy will be done. That prayer of gentleness and humility, it sounds a lot like the prayer of this strangely named sage called Augur in Proverbs 30. Lord, I ask two things from you. Please don't let me die without them. Keep me from self-deception and deception of others. Lord, I don't know what I actually need in life. Too much makes me arrogant And blind to my own complicity and injustice. Too little makes me angry and prone to claim that you are unjust. So don't give me riches and don't give me poverty. Give me just enough bread for today. Which sounds also remarkably like the prayer of gentleness and humility of our gentle Lord Jesus, gift of God Himself, living bread. Jesus, who claimed that his yoke was easy, who declared himself to be gentle and humble in heart, and who taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is already in heaven, and give us today's gifts of bread and forgiveness just as we are determined to share them with others. To forgive. Which is, of course, what... God, in His wisdom, has done with us. The hands that made the universe and ordered it creatively are nailed to a cross, and when that happens, justice and mercy kiss. And even now, the kingdom is coming. Several years ago, the philosopher Dallas Willard passed away, and he was remarkable for many things, not least of which his brilliance, but also the fact that as a Christian, he would never debate atheists. I always found that very interesting. Well, anyway, the great philosopher and teacher, he left a story in his wake. It turns out that after he died, there was someone who shared a story of, about Dallas Willard that left a tremendous impact on him, and the story goes like this. One time, Willard was teaching a class at a major university, and in the class, one of the students, undergrad students, stood up and challenged Dr. Dallas Willard on the spot with statements that were both offensive and incorrect Dallas let the student go, and he went. And when he had spent his fury, Dallas paused. He looked at his watch, and then he said to the class, I think this is a good time for us to end our discussion. Somebody went up to Dallas Willard after the class was over, and asked him, why did you not decimate that student? Why did you not use your brilliance to undo what this person had just done? Why did you not put him in his place? Willard replied, I'm practicing the discipline of not needing to have the last word." And I wonder, what kind of man can let it go when he is publicly humiliated by a student who doesn't even know what he's talking about? What kind of man can absorb that injustice and this student's anger without the need to set it right on the spot? A man who knows the gentle answer that turns away wrath, who has heard it spoken over him. Which is what God has done for us with his gentle word, the word who became flesh and gave that flesh for the redemption of our bodies and all of creation, the king who proclaimed forgive them for they do not know what they are doing, who says even now, see, I am making all things new. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, Paul in Titus writes to Timothy in an angry world, and he says that living in a culture that is violent and retributive, we also count ourselves as once among them, deceived and deceiving, hating and being hated. But at just the right time, God, in your mercy, you saved us through the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ. In a time today that seems not so much different, we count ourselves among those who need deliverance. And we ask that in your mercy, you would open our eyes again to see that you have made it so. I pray this in your name. Amen. A lot going on in Proverbs. A lot to digest. We have chances to do that as a church in a couple of different ways as we are making sense of responding to God's word and his grace to us. One is for our Echo students, our third through fifth graders, to have a chance to discuss the things that they're observing and singing and saying and learning in church together. Uh, And so we want to invite them up to do that now. Would you guys come up? We have a blessing for you. People of God, what is our prayer? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard. Plant it deep in our hearts and live in ways that honor you above all. Friends, go in peace to love and serve Jesus. We respond to God together as a congregation by rising and lifting our voices in song. Would you sing? Let's stand and sing this I believe. Let's
1: say the creed. Together, I believe believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
0: Brothers and sisters, together you have declared the the thing that we need to heal the wound of anger within us and also to send us out angry about the same things that God is, that we believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And so, friends, in that belief, would you also lift up your eyes, open your hands, and receive God's blessing. Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's go singing.
1: You are the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. You're hitting. My king, what a beautiful name it is! Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is! Go in peace.